Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Random Yankee Facts in Yankees History. Again, my name is Brian and I have been a die-hard Yankees fan since I was about 7 years old. So, let's get right into the Random Yankee Facts in Yankees History. The first one is um, March 26, 1937. Joe DiMaggio accepted um, some hitting advice from Ty Cobb. Uh, and the hitting advice that Ty Cobb gave him was, I guess, at the time, um, Joe DiMaggio was using a, a pretty heavy bat. He was using a 40-ounce bat, which is uh, pretty heavy, um, especially considering nowadays, I believe, I don't think anybody really uses that that big of a bat. Um, uh, but I guess uh, Ty Cobb, um, you know, he advised him to use a 36-ounce bat, which I guess I think that was the one that he ended up using for most of his career. But I guess also uh, further, I guess Ty Cobb also had a history of liking giving uh, hitting advice to other players as well, including another player like maybe 20 years later or so, slightly less, uh, 1956, um, Al Kaline, who another Hall of Fame um, outfielder for the Tigers as well as Ty Cobb, um, Al Kaline was in spring training. He was a young player. He had already started his career. I believe he had 340 the year before, something like that. Um, but he was still very young. And it was spring training in 1956. You know, Ty Cobb, I guess he actually drove in his car from Georgia to uh, Lakeland, Florida, where they were still um, at, at spring training. And I think they're still there today, too, as well. Um, and he went down there and, uh, you know, he um, obviously took to K-Line being a young uh, outfielder, up-and-coming star, and, of course, future Hall of Famer now. And Ty Cobb's advice to Al Kaline was to always bear down um, because there will always be a time when you won't be able to bear down. And I guess Al Kaline interpreted that as meaning, because it's kind of a, a vague way to put it, um, but Al, from Al Kaline's perspective, he said he interpreted it um, later on meaning that there will come a day come a time when you you know you just can't play the game of baseball anymore which is very true and i guess i mean obviously in some way i guess it must have worked for al Kaline. obviously him being a hall of famer and also he played 22 seasons in the big leagues as well and he played very very well of course as well so that's the first random yankee fact in yankees history um joe dimaggio taking some hitting advice from uh ty cobb and using a much lighter bat. And so the second random Yankees fact in Yankees history is in 1961, Waddy Ford had one of probably the best year of his career. Um, you know, the, the Yankees finally let him go every fourth day um, like he had, had been wanting to. Um, he pitched 283 innings pitched in 1961, and nobody stole a base off of Waddy Ford all season. Now, of course, part of that is Yogi Berra and Elston Howard, um, but as well, like, some of that goes to Woody Ford because he was able to keep the runner um, from m moving. Um, of course, left-handers, um, they tend to, hit, um, you know, they can see the first base bag a little bit easier than right-handers, but um, it's still uh, quite a feat. You usually don't see that. Um, but uh, And as for the year that Woody Ford had that year, if you're not familiar, 1961, he had a 25-4 record. I believe that's the highest winning percentage still today. If not, it might maybe uh, I think it might be him in uh, Ron Guidry as well from 1978. He had a 3-2-1 ERA, won the Cy Young that year. Um, the Cy Young in 1961 was for both leagues. 39 starts, 11 complete games, and three shutouts. So the third random Yankees fact in Yankees history is 
kind of a really interesting one for this month because March is March eighth anyway was was International Women's Day. So the third random Yankee fact is uh, there was a a woman named Jackie Mitchell. Her real name was Verne Beatrice Mitchell Gilbert, but Jackie Mitchell was what they called her. That's what that's what she went by. She was from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, she lived around 1913 to 1987, and I guess she had signed a contract with the Chattanooga Lookouts. I believe it was around March of uh, 1931, and they, um, you know, that was at the time Class AA. But of course, the minor leagues weren't really, um, they didn't really use them quite as much. I mean, I think they were starting to by then. They were starting to use the minor leagues a little bit more. But uh, I guess the Chattanooga look- Lookouts, uh, um, they were known for kind of uh, bringing in players that would, you know, kind of bring in publicity for the team. Um, so that I guess was part of it. However, um, uh, in that game that she actually pitched in a game against the Yankees, an exhibition game, of course, because, you know, the, the Chattanooga Lookouts were, an ex- were a minor league team. So they played an ex- exhibition game against the Yankees um, in March, and uh, Babe Ruth and, and Lou Gehrig were up. Um, actually, in the first inning, she wasn't even the starting pitcher. The starting pitcher was a guy by the name of Clyde Barfoot, who gave up a double and a single and came right out in the first inning. Then they brought in Jackie Mitchell, and she actually got out of the inning, and she even struck out uh, Lou Gehrig, or Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig back-to-back um, in the same inning. Uh, she actually struck out Babe Ruth looking, and uh, Lou Gehrig struck out on three pitches swinging. Um, so, And I guess um, even further, she actually learned how to you know, play baseball from her dad and also from her next-door neighbor, who was a former Major League Baseball player and Hall of Famer, Dazzy Vance, who, you know, he, he played probably around the time of Ty Cobb and, and probably, even, probably even a little before Ty Cobb as well. So he played probably in the dead ball ever. But he taught him her how to pitch, and I guess she learned how to pitch a what they called a drop ball back then, which was basically just like a, a breaking ball. Um, that That's how she learned to pitch. Unfortunately for her, um, after that, the commissioner, uh, Kenneshaw Mountain Landis, you know, he, he, you know, back then, obviously, players were not, they were very prejudiced toward women, of course, and, you know, um, even Babe Ruth was, of course. It's probably isn't surprising considering how he was, you know, and, movies and stuff like that. But he ended up voiding her contract and saying that, you know, it was too basically too strenuous for women. So um, anyways, I just thought that was interesting how uh, Jackie Mitchell um, exhibition game struck out both Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, two of the greatest uh, players of all time. And actually, she did that when she was only 17 years old as well. Um, I believe she ended up playing some uh, more like kind of exhibition games, barnstorming games, they called them. And um, in some other men's leagues, of course. But after that, it kind of—I guess it kind of just—you know—I left a bitter taste, obviously, for good reason. Um, so, it, um, I guess even when they did have the women's professional baseball league in the 1940s during the World War, um, she, they asked her to join, but she didn't want to. However, in 1982, um, the Chattanooga Lookouts—they um, actually invite. At least, I don't know if she went to throw out the first pitch, but she, they invited her to throw out the first pitch. So they at least, I guess, sort of kind of uh, didn't make up for it. But, I mean, um, at least they invited her to do that. Uh, but she eventually passed away in 1987. Uh, moving on, the fourth random Yankees fact in Yankees history. So Bob Shepard 
was the Yankee, a longtime Yankee public address announcer for the Yankees. A lot of people call him the voice of God. Um, an example of him would be no butting, number two, shortstop, Derek Cheetah, number two. And that's my Bob Bob Shepard impersonation. I just kind of wanted to do that for you. But Bob Shepard, he uh, he started being the public address announcer for the Yankees in 1951. He actually worked 4,500 straight games from 1951 to April 11, 2006, um, which is almost 55 years. And he, he, the only the only reason why he missed the game, I guess, because I guess he uh, threw out his hip at his home. And so, of course, he and I think at the time he was obviously in his in his 90s. He, he ended, up, ended up coming back and uh, doing a, a few more games throughout the next two or three years, I think, maybe. I think his last year might have been 2008. Um, and I think 2009, I think that was the year Jeter had. He had already had a uh, recording of his voice announcing his name. And uh, Derek Jeter actually was the was the last player to be, you know, addressed by Bob Shepard for his entire career because he did that, um, you know. So uh, that's the fourth random Yankee fact in Yankees history. And the fifth random Yankees fact in Yankees history. Uh, so another Hall of Famer for the New York Yankees, Yogi Berra, caught both ends of a doubleheader for the Yankees 117 times in his career. In my opinion, I think that's probably, I, I don't know if that's the record, but I would imagine it's going to be, if not the record, it's going to be right up there. But I mean, to catch 117 double headers both games with the double headers all nine innings um that that's a lot and that i think i kind of just wanted to mention a yogiism that yogi Berra was famous for saying baseball is 90 percent mental and the other half is physical so that's it again everyone for this week's random yankees facts in yankees history thank you again for listening and as always go yankees <laughs>